What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Rogers, who the only place he's going to take it to is the toilet bowl. And then you got Brett Favre, who will take it to the Super Bowl. I do like me a triple butter burger with cheese and the works, you know, ketchup, mustard, pickles. Could the package be really good? Yeah, I certainly would love that. But also to say that, is this look like a rebuild? Probably. If you think we're in a rebuild, then you got the wrong team. QB1, man. Come on, man. Best QB in the league right here. What's up, John Money? He ran right front of like, huh? What's up, guys? This is Jeff Giannis. And Giannis does it. Stop it. Oh, please. What a cat. That's insane. You're listening to the Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with, oh boy, all the boys, Billy Todd and Andrew boys. Hello, hello. How's it going? Hey. And welcome to the first... The week one edition of the Poor Man's Packers podcast with the full group. We have Billy and Todd here to, you know, be the co-host. And then we have Andrew, last year's co-host, who has been demoted down to producer and fact checker. But God, Andrew, we are just so hey. happy to have you back on. <laughs> happy to be back. <laughs> so Packers, I don't know if you guys forgot, won 38 to 20, a oh. momentous occasion, a very great game. Oh. One of those games where it went like so well, you know, there are little blips along the line, but it was like, wow, this is this is awesome. The, that day could not have gone much better, especially with the Vikings losing ahead of time. And with that, I guess, looking at the NFL, we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers later, but what did you guys think of the other games in the NFL this week, Most mostly speaking about the Lions and the Vikings games? So what did we think about them? Yeah, yeah, bro. I, think I thought. Lions, sorry, no, no, go on. It was good to see uh, Tampa come out and take a W against the Vikings. I mean, I think that kind of says a lot. Maybe a lot of people had the on their bingo draft card uh, for the season. Tampa maybe being at the bottom of the list. Yeah, and then seeing the Vikings lose them was interesting. I did not see that coming. Um, and then the Lions look after like the first drive and the fake punt. Uh, I said that the Lions were a Super Bowl team. So, I mean, people have been saying that all offseason about the Lions, and they might actually be legitimate. You know, I'm like holding on to them in Survivor for like later on in the year because I think they're good enough to do that too, which I would have never thought I was going to do that two, three years ago. You know? Yeah, fair. I, I think the Lions, I mean, there's a lot of hype around them, but God, the more that they play for Dan Campbell, it really seems like they're buying into what he's, what he's selling. And I think I mentioned to you too earlier in the week, like the way that Dan King calls games, like aggressive with that fake punt on the 17 and then going forward on fourth down to try and win the game late. Like players love that. So I don't know. I think, I think they might be the, the favorites in the division, the Vikings, you know, like you said, Todd, they, they played down to a, an inferior opponent, not to it entirely dislike uh, what they did last year, playing down to, teams that they should beat handily making it a one score game and the difference is this year they weren't able to pull it out in week one yeah that can was... i just say too i think like dan campbell gives me like doug peterson eagles super bowl team vibes like going for punt <laughs> yeah. on your yeah. own 20 like just like the ballsy play calling 
Like, I know he's not, he's not like an offensive guy, but at the same time, it's like really, it's really interesting. Just like the ballsy play calls. Well, from that moment on in the game, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this game like intensely because I knew it was going to be fun. I could just tell that the chiefs, the chiefs just didn't have it. Like their receiving core is trash without Travis Kelsey. It was wild how in a game where Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore couldn't catch anything, like going into a game thinking if the Chiefs are going to have drop issues and they have MVS on their squad, it would have been him. But like he was one of the more sure-handed guys for that squad. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. NFC North, I guess I thought the Vikings might be a little bit more competitive. And although these are, (laughs) you know. It's week one. Let's overreact. It's week one, but... I don't know how good they're going to stay together. The Bears are obviously dog shit, which we'll get into. But God, it, I, if we can keep this ship afloat, I do feel like it's going to be another, you know, Packers, Lions down the stretch here. But uh, we'll see. Um, moving on for what we'll have. You know, if this is just your first time listening to a weekly episode in season here, we'll have our pick six, the six plays breaking down the game of or breaking down the game. We will break down the offense a bit, the defense a bit. We will have maybe some take news, some other goofy shit. I want to potentially talk about Ryan Wood, talking about Rashawn Gary, which is just, I don't know, he kind of pisses me off sometimes. We'll have some Packers trivia with Is Kyle an Idiot? And, of course, we will preview the Falcons game. But first, pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Pick six for the week. Uh, the first, God, I, you know, I forgot to reach out to the fucking brewery, and they didn't reach out to me, so we're not. They didn't reach out to you. Well, I didn't reach out to them either, so I don't really. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I kind of forgot to talk about it, so we're not sponsored as of right now. Maybe check back next week when we're looking for a bar to to go to to watch the games here in the Twin Cities. But yes, the pick six, first pick six play that shaped the game on Sunday. Not even five minutes into the game, the Bears on their first drive after a, you know, I didn't hate the like tight end Jets, like, you know, motion, take the handoff, you know, dive on third down, but it didn't work at all. But the fourth down, QB sneak with Justin Fields, not getting anything, turning the ball over in the Bears own territory. Huge swing in the game. As soon as when that happened, I was like, from that point on, I was like, I think we're going to win this game. And sure enough, that did happen so well the bears saw the lions go for it on fourth down and they're like we can do this too we're part of the nfc north <laughs> i think big takeaway from that too though was like it was really interesting to see how quickly like three different guys in the front seven i think it was preston smith and for sure uh one of the middle linebackers i'm not sure maybe it was campbell just ju- campbell jumped the a gap and Preston crashed on that third down you know where cole Komet goes it was under all center. three of them it was, can in the replay it was like- fast the moment he gets up under center, they're flying up there. They know exactly what is coming. Which makes me feel like maybe that's a scouting thing. Like to to be all three of them to be on it that quickly feels like right. someone's watching film. So, I mean, that was a good thing to see. And like the quick reaction was a lot of fun. And that front seven, like what we're going to talk about is looking mean. Yeah. And I mean, I still, I don't hate play calls. If it's fourth and one, I would dive you know QB sneak it just about every time but when Lucas Patrick is your center I I don't think you're gonna be as successful with that play so what I Uh, found interesting was that they didn't go with you know the the new in vogue QB sneak tech of having a running back you know blatantly push from like they lined up Herbert off the side 
and mm-hmm. he barely even did anything. Yeah, which is something that we kind of did later on in the game, too. I remember watching the replay, too, where uh, Aaron Jones like ran up and pushed him and kind of looked at Luke Musgrave like, bro, why aren't you pushing with me? You you know the deal here. Like We got to finagle this across the line. But, yeah, either way, huge start for the first game of the season. Second pick, six play. First drive of the second half. Already fast forward here. Packers still up three after their first touchdown, and this was just a beautiful I don't know a very weird I'm I'm kind of like readjusting now to the Jordan Love era the screen pass to Aaron Jones the 51 yarder which he almost scored on I mean Jordan Love takes the snap you know he bootleg he runs out to the left and then just like off his back foot jumps up and throws it over to Aaron Jones he's got a convoy of dudes in front of him picks up 51 yards nearly scores but you know obviously the Packers score a few plays later you know he had to give A.J. Dillon the ball on first and second down to not score only for Aaron Jones to score on uh, third down there making it 17-6 but from that point on I was feeling pretty good I think Jordan Love on that play it really what the move that he made to kind of pirouette out there in the flat and throw it Mm -hmm. kind of you know almost blind it seemed and off his back foot and in the air, like that was a really athletic throw. And when I saw it initially, my thought was, you know, oh my God, what are we doing? Like, and then I realized, oh, we have a convoy lockers out in front of him. And this is the way that it was drawn up. I don't know if Rogers could have made a throw like that at 39, certainly at 28, he could have, but uh, not the kind of throw that I'm used to seeing from the Packers quarterback either. Yes. It was nice to see him, and I think you know, like the Luke Musgrave toss too, he throwing off platform, and just being able to do it, you know, from kind of any angle, similar to what we saw Rogers do for all those years. You know, maybe that's a footwork thing, like they kind of talked about in years past and stuff, and like being able to throw from different places and stuff. But yeah, it was good to see. And then I, interesting too, I thought I watched it again in the replay when they played it, how the I'm going to say the away side tackle, so it'd be the left tackle in that sense pulls across like the line of scrimmage in front of everybody to get across did you see that no it was i'm pretty sure it was the like the left would have been bakhtiari either that or it was left he, no it was he is, bakhtiari. He is the left tackle yes he got over all the way to the right side he just like lets his guy go and goes all the way over to the right side it's really interesting to see not what you would expect getting three linemen out there is usually not the opposite side tackle but yeah, they had a couple goofy things that they were doing on Sunday too. Like they pulled everything out of the bag. Like they had a, a couple times they had a tight end like right next to Jordan Love in shotgun, and then another guy like just to the or just behind the tackle by like a yard, and then both of those tight ends ran across to the left to pass protect, and it was the deep ball to Samari Ture. But it just mm-hmm. some different formations, and hopefully they can keep being a little creative as the year goes on here. Um, the third pick six play, the, the next series, Bears get the ball back. I believe this is in the third quarter. First play on the 25, Fields get the snap, and he is immediately swarmed by Devonta Wyatt, who just crashes down, gets the sack. I think the next two plays, too, is like Razul Douglas breaking up a pass or making the tackle right away. But when you get sacked on first down, pretty hard to make up those yards, especially when... Uh, you are the Bears offense, which is embarrassing. I don't know if you guys have seen it. it. It It's so bad. You almost feel bad for the Bears, but this is like 
they were supposed to be decent this year. You know, after the wow, free, well, who are you listening to? Did anyone after, actually believe that though? Right. I mean, Bears but, Bears fans. Every Bears year fans one hundred percent did. Bears fans did, but they actually spent some money in the off season. This is the second year under the head coach and everything. I mean, look at look at the offense when you have Chase Claypool, who you traded a second round pick for. Which, DJ, by the way, Chase Claypool. Did you so watch bad. the cutups that even like Bears fans and Bears I beat writers are drawing up? He looks, he's walking around during plays, like actively during plays. And just like, <laughs> did you see him get knocked over by uh, JJ Anangbare? No. Anyways, if you guys saw it, look it up on Twitter. Like he was flopping. He was like literally walking on the field during plays and stuff like that. Like Bears fans are not impressed. Also side note, how much money did they spend on those two linebackers? So much. It was like, like 150 a million. Yeah, on inside linebackers, like you just don't you don't spend that much money on inside it linebackers. It didn't work. Yeah, it didn't no, work. It, it didn't take. No, and I remember this off season, like a couple months ago, when I tweeted something out about how the Packers uh, social media team was doing better, and Bears fans were getting on on me because it was kind of taking a shot at the Bears as well. And this one account, like quote tweeted, because I said, because I was making fun of some fucking Twitter account because it was like R- Ryan Poles, best GM ever. And then they came back after I said, your Twitter account is dedicated to someone who's done nothing. And then they like quote tweeted it and it got like hundreds of likes and shit. And it was like, hasn't done anything question mark. And it showed like signs, DJ Moore drafts, Darnell Wright pays Trey Edmonds. It's like, he hasn't done anything. You haven't seen this team play and you're taking a victory These guys have not played a single down yet. Just unbelievable. But that's just how, how it goes in Chicago, I guess. But, but yeah. Again, that led to a punt from the Bears, so the score stayed 17-6. Again, the very next drive for the Packers. Packers get the ball. <laughs> and on a third and 12, after a couple of negative plays, we can only assume A.J. Dillon runs for nothing. Love gets the snap, doesn't find anyone, and something that he did a couple times this this game, starts to scramble. I think he chose the, the right times to do it. He, fuck it, he stiff arms a defensive lineman, gets out of that tackle, Runs around and gets tackled by the defensive back, but he just runs over him. Either way, he makes it a fourth and three. Um, I guess we can stop there because the next one will be the next play. But what did what did you guys think of? You know, we we're finally back to a more athletic quarterback. Um, fun fact: Aaron Rodgers actually had a faster forty time than Jordan Love. I think Aaron Rodgers was like four point seven. Jordan Love's is like four point seven two. But when really? you have a guy, yeah. But when you have a guy who's 15 years younger than your last quarterback, you're going to be able to do a couple more things like this. So I got two thoughts. And first, I want to back up to the original uh, pick six play. Devontae Wyatt had a fantastic game. Yes. He had a a sack and a half. He was constantly getting into the backfield, collapsing the pocket, you know, strong in the run game. It's it's only one game, but boy, we might have – Finally, our compliment to Kenny Clark on the D line. Yes, yes, we'll see. We'll t- hey, but we're, we'll talk about the position groups later, Billy. What did you think of Jordan Love running around? <laughs> uh, I I actually texted one of my friends during the game, and I said when Aaron Rodgers would take off and run, it was always get down, get down, get down. Okay, fine, mm-hmm. get the first down, and now get down. And with Jordan Love, it was like hell yeah, stiff arm that dude, run <laughs> over that D D back. I don't care, like. It was a lot different uh, feeling. 
I guess before he's like, you know, he's not proven right now or anything with Rodgers. And, you know, we saw what happened on the Monday night game with him tearing his Achilles tendon. But there's been a few times where any time he does that, you hold your breath. And now without knowing what Jordan Love is, it's like, okay, well, let's let's see what you are. Let's go run around and make something happen. Yeah, Jordan like Love's the kid you don't more... care about. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Love is definitely uh I mean I'm surprised to hear that he's slower than Aaron Rodgers. I don't necessarily I mean, believe it. Maybe they were hand timing Aaron. I don't know. But like Jordan, Andrew, Ro- Jordan back, Love is that? like Jordan <laughs> I will. Jordan Love is like you know, he's like the full size truck. And then Aaron Rodgers is like, you know, the minivan, right? You know, I wouldn't say that last year, but now he's on the team. So <laughs> yeah. but he's just like he's like the I don't know. Like he's just more robust. So I feel differently about him running and like watching him truck a corner. It's like, okay, I don't, not that he can't get hurt. He definitely can, but he's like, he doesn't look the same when he's running. It's just a different feel. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said too, 15 years younger. I mean, the athletes are different than they were 15 years ago. Like yeah. he's a big dude. So I felt good about it. It'll be interesting to see too more of him like on bootlegs and stuff like that and see how, how the deep ball comes together on those movement throws and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm excited to see that, but overall, I think, yeah, I, I feel good about him running the ball even. Yeah. I think they found the right mix. Maybe not as many hits next time, but yeah, I don't love the hit. you saw the tweet <laughs> where somebody said his, he told his agent, he was going to go out there and yeah. run somebody over or I, whatever he said. Yep. I mean, I tend to agree with his agent saying like, you, you shouldn't do that. But also it's nice that in the moment, if you need to get it, you know, you can go like the Brett Favre running the touchdown it, like stuff like that. Yes, yes. Like if you need it, he can go get and that's, it. Like that, that makes is, you feel good. That is something that uh because Jordan Love said that in the post game presser. He said that he was talking to his agent. He said he was he wanted to run someone over. His agent said, Don't do that. Yeah. But he did clarify too and say said that when he did run, he did it on third down. So he did it when it was important. So he's there's a method to the madness, which I can appreciate so far in a very, very young career for Jordan Love. Um, Jordan Love is 0.03 seconds faster. Sorry, sorry, excuse me. Aaron Rodgers is 0.03 seconds faster. Uh, uh, 4.74 wow. versus 4.71. That was back when they timed with, like, the sun. They used the sun <laughs> dials, though. Hey, can we give me a little bit of credit there? I was off by a million. You were really close. I was, yeah. That was I am, really close. I am a loser. Uh, moving on to the next pick six play, uh, setting up, you know, that just set up this one. Uh, the Aaron Jones, Texas route, I believe. Uh, I mean, God, Jordan Love drops back pretty much immediately, just hits Aaron Jones in stride, maybe a little far out, but perfect for what Aaron Jones is. Runs in the touchdown, absolutely beautiful. Well, aside from the end, when he ran out up the tunnel, I was like, "Shit, is he not coming back? Is this like a Mike Vick thing?" But he's not coming back, not because the game's over, but because he's injured. Was it Bo Jackson that ran out the tunnel? Uh, Let's do that. I said Bo Jackson, yes. okay. Than Mike Vick. Okay, there you go. Well, Mike Vick is pretty cool too. That's that's uh, who Jordan Love said he looked up to. He said that in the post game too. But, Seriously? Uh, <laughs> wait, what? This week? Well. <laughs> He okay. So of all the, people in I don't know not one this. I would ever drop in a positive. Well, manner. every okay. Oh God, this is this is. There's great. like videos of him torturing dogs. There aren't strictly video... for on on field performance, not off field character. We're I not gonna imagine. we're not gonna sit My here. My favorite and pretend... actor is Danny Madsen. 
But, whatever the fuck the guy's name is. We're not going to sit here and pretend like Michael Vick didn't change the game back in the early 2000s when he was playing football. But anyways, to completely change the stuff, <laughs> the reason why it got brought up is because Rob Domofsky asked him during the postgame press conference release brought up that uh, this year, week one, there was 14 uh, black starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and he was one of them. And Jordan went and talked about how, how that's great and everything and talked about how he looked up to Mike Vick. So do you guys have anything to say about that now? Is that's Jordan what, Love the first Packers black starting quarterback? Uh, starting? Na- name starter, because we had like Seneca Wallace for, right. Right. For, an, okay. for, for a Jets Aaron Rodgers appearance back in twenty. 20- 14? That was yeah. that was my first Packer game was when Seneca Wallace played for like three series. At, at some point, we're going to have to talk about the terrible games that you've been at. But yes. Uh, and Brett Huntley, wasn't he going to be the future yes. of football for a minute? Yes. yes. That's, how, that's how long it was a minute. Deshaun Kaiser. I don't know if he started, but okay. So first week one black starting quarterback for the Packers. Did Kaiser him? never start a game? No. I thought for some reason that year he got it. Oh, he maybe got in, but he didn't no, start. No, he in 2018 he played the second quarter against the Bears. Looked terrible, and then Mani ah, right. was fine. So yes, and oh, that's right. Yep. Okay, we were worried that he might have to. You know, after right. the previous year, Rogers had broke his collarbone, and then the first game he hurts his knee, and we're like, oh fuck, are we gonna have to watch Deshaun Kaiser all year? But no, Rogers did play the following week. So moving on, the last pick six play. Fast forward to the fourth quarter, 13 minutes left. The score is 31-14. Facing a third and 11, Justin Fields drops back for some reason, throws it straight to Quay Walker, who shows more vision than A.J. Dillon, bounces off a D-back, runs into Darnell Wright. He had like a couple jukes, too, that were he impressive. Juked, he juked Cole <laughs> Komet out of his cleats. That's, that's who it was. And dives in at that corner of the end zone. Darnell Wright gets the hit on him, but that makes it... Uh, what was it? 30, 38. 38 to 13. Yeah. 38, 14, 13, whatever at the time. Game was over. That's when Wayne Larvey threw the dagger into. One thing that I did change this year, did a couple times last year. I think I might have talked about it. I mute the TV and go on Packers.com on my desktop and play the live telecast on YouTube TV. I sync it up. So I'm listening to Wayne instead of, uh, you know, and I don't hate Kevin Burke. Normal people Greg stuff. Olson. That's normal people stuff. Most Very people no- do well, that. I'm going to be doing it next week when we have Jonathan Vilma and that other, like the, the C minus team for Fox at the noon game. I but... thought that got changed. I thought I saw something today that they switched that. Oh, maybe. I don't know. That was the last I saw. I usually go off of what match Nyman tweets, but anyways, Quay Walker defensive touchdown. Nice to start the season with that. Nice to see Quay <laughs> making a huge play like that early. Um, Billy, what'd you think? I was impressed. I mean, number Good. one, the number one, the vision that you talked about, the the run after the catch, and uh, you know, having the the gumption to get into the end zone, make a couple of guys miss, absorb a big hit. Don't like that, but he um, he is in the concussion protocol. I forgot to mention that. I I don't remember the last time that I've seen you know a defensive player that's not a defensive back look that athletic with the ball in his hands. Yeah, yeah, it was very impressive, Todd. Um, yeah, I thought he was looking pretty good, like Colin Kaepernick against the Packers in a championship game. Ugh, Smooth. Weeks <laughs> in a row, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, okay. okay. Anyways, well, no, he looks good, and yeah, I don't know. Did he play 
was he a running back in a past life? Probably. I don't know. He looked pretty good. I would say maybe next time, don't take the 350-pound tap slide, make a little move, shimmy, you yeah. know? Yeah, I agree. And Darnell Wright is a big boy, too. So big dude. Wa- watching it live, I was like, oh, that probably hurt. And then I could see immediately he was slow getting up. I'm like, yeah, hopefully he's okay. So... I don't know, hopefully, and then I, yeah, <laughs> I'm a loser again. I immediately like searched on Twitter, um, Quay concussion, and it does not appear he's had a concussion previously. So hopefully we won't have to worry about that. But uh, yeah, that's the pick six. Moving on to the actual game. We'll start with the offense. The offense, I don't know if you guys forgot about this too, uh, was very good as of right now, and it's early. It's a little early in the season, but the Packers are second in the league in points. Last year, they were 14th. You know, we're averaging 38 points per game. Uh, what are we on pace for? That's all I, anybody cares about week one. What are oh, you on pace for? Okay. 1,700. Okay, Andrew, hey, Andrew, you got it. You're the fact checker. 38 points. 38 times I'm 17. 17. I mean, it's not really a fact checker. It's like just who can pull the <laughs> calculator, and I, I guess I can. <laughs> so we had uh, 329 points, sixth of the league. Third, and the stuff that yards, kind of. Yards, 329 yards. Yes. <laughs> Good point. God, Jesus. 646 points on the year. Well, plus, if we keep doing that, we're going to get into playoffs. So Is that a lot of points? To 900. Is that a lot that's of like, points? I would say that's the highest any team's ever. ever finished in a regular season but i'll look that up too is that okay okay is but the cowboy the okay. cowboys are on pace for more than us right now so let's slow our <laughs> yeah, roll that's, Ooh, true. Okay. That, that's okay. a very good point um but third down and fourth down conversion rates uh we were 56 percent on sunday which is third in the league last year we were 17th at 39 percent Fourth down, you know, we were 50%, whatever. doesn't matter. There wasn't a huge sample size there. Red zone. Last year, we know how bad we were. And we were 100% in the red zone on Sunday, which is a nice improvement. We were so fucking bad. Also, I saw that stat, too, that we scored on our a touchdown on our first drive when we only did that once last year. So we're seeing, seeing some improvement. Um, I remember hearing, I forgot who said this, the first 17 plays on offense – had motion one way or another, which obviously Mr. Aaron Rodgers did not care for too much. And again, we talked about it a little bit too, but a couple of those option plays, the like triple option, I don't mind throwing. I think it was the second play of the season. That one was bad. Where <laughs> Jordan Love's running to the left and he pitches it to Jaden Reed. It wasn't a, like here you get yards. It was here you get hit, and he got absolutely. It was walloped. that's what it was. It was he's about to get plastered, and he did. Yes, so I don't. I am excited to see new things on the offense, but either way, a little exciting. Um, quarterback, starting with quarterback, Jordan Love again. He had a pretty solid game. Uh, God, what was it here? Fifteen for twenty-seven. Not the best completion rate. I think going into halftime, it was less than fifty percent, but I can't complain too much. Two hundred forty-five yards and three touchdowns. He leads the league in touchdowns right now. Very cool. Um, I don't passer know. rating. I, passer rating. Yep. Passer rating. He's on right pace now. for on a pa- lot. Oh, there you, on, on pace for a lot of passer. In fact, check that is true. Okay. <laughs> but uh, a couple real impressive things. You know, we've seen these clips now throughout the last couple of days. He had that no look pass to Jaden Reed in the middle where he used, you know, use his head to keep the linebacker moving to the right and then hit Jaden Reed, who was like wide open. Um, the the first drive after that Romeo reception where I, I don't know if you guys remember it was a little like 
did he catch it or did he get the first down immediately? Yes. Jordan loves running up to the line, putting his hands together. Like, come on, we got to get together, get the snap off. I'm like, fuck yeah. This guy is like, he is a game manager. He knows what's going on. He knows to keep these guys going. Um, gamer. I, like, I would say gamer. gamer, not a game manager. Oh, what? It's I, just a little bit of like a, you know, derogatory term. If we're talking about quarterbacks, if you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, but when you're talking about a first year starter, we can start a game manager. And from there we can find the little wrinkles. You game can add to uplifter. It. Yeah. There you go. Um, I like, but didn't love how much he ran. You know, we talked about that a little bit. If nothing else, I like the moxie that he showed when he was doing that. I, I still remember like the first or second preseason game, Aaron Rodgers running, and my dad's buddy uh, Danny Leon was like, "Oh, I like that guy. He's showing fire." And hey, Danny was right. Jordan Love, uh, his game's different, and the way I'm looking at it now is he's kind of just game manager might be bad. He's kind of the point guard. You know, we talked about. The, the we had that Musgrave throw too where he fumbled the snap but then found a way to get the guy the ball who was wide open the Aaron Jones just running jumping up back foot throwing it to him making sure he gets the ball that's what I kind of saw from him it was you know a couple bad plays you know we had the Luke Musgrave mix miss depending on who you're talking to some people I know Greg Olson apparently said that uh, Luke should have kept running straight uh, Matt said that on Monday as well but I don't know. That's that's the shit. Last year, everyone was saying Rogers sucked for missing guys like that, and it's like, well, maybe they're running the wrong route. But uh, well, people were know. giving Musgrave shit for not getting a touchdown on that one big catch. You know that he should have he should have gotten right up and got that touchdown. People, <laughs> a lot of people were giving him shit, saying, "Oh, he's lazy or he's slow or whatever." Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, those people are. I don't know. I, he cramped up on that play too. But sure. uh, Billy, what'd you what'd you think of Jordan Love in his first start as the Packers starting quarterback? The word that kept coming to my mind watching the game was just confidence, a cool confidence. Like he never looked frazzled. Like it never seemed like we were, you know, hurrying up to the line because we were going to run out of time on the play clock. Like it didn't look like he was ever, you know, flustered in the pocket really. Um, you know, he only took the one sack and that's a learning experience right before the half. You know, you don't want to take a sack there. I had to waste the time out the last time out, but. Um, I thought he looked really good, really confident. He was in control, made some nice throws, but you know, obviously there's still some, some little things to clean up. True. Todd, I would echo that on the confidence too. I would also say, you know, you're kind of saying he's a game manager, Spence. I kind of think there's a little bit of gunslinger in there. It's just waiting. It was, it's, it's sitting back there. There's a lot of Aaron Jones help, a lot of AJ Dillon runs, you know, this week, but I think come middle of the season, we see a little bit of that gunslinger come out. And that's kind of what I thought, you know, back in like mini camp and shit where he didn't look good. And what we, and just last preseason when he led the fucking league in picks and just the way he kind of, you know, yeah. college too, he, he threw a lot of picks. So I'm waiting for that to happen, but training camp, it didn't really happen. And this game too, he's not, uh, He's being a little more conservative with the ball, which I maybe that's appreciate. a good thing that they got him on a little bit more of a leash. Cause if he's just well, going no loosey goosey, you get what, you know, fields did. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's way too loosey or, and or goosey. Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Josh. Allen, he's, he's a, goofy, he does throw some bad. That was a weird game. I mean, not weird. It was just a wild game. He throws a lot of bad picks though. I feel like that is like, he is like, 
the most gunslinger in the league right now. Like he's Absolutely. just ripping it. Some some of those are borderline Brett Favre. Like screw it, I got a dude forty yards downfield and double coverage. I'll give him a shot. It's like those guys with a huge arm. They're like, I can make it. They're like, I can throw <laughs> it in triple coverage. Like I'll it'll get there. It's yeah. like uh, uh, not always. I can squeeze it in. And yeah, and um, you know, I guess it's it's been talked about a lot, but I do. I'm very happy for Jordan Love for all. You know, if you think back a year ago. A year ago, what did Jordan Love think of himself and his career? How did we view Jordan Love? We're like, this guy, you know, after Rogers signed that deal, it was like, this guy's never going to start for us. And then he's, you know, he had no, it's not like he could tell the team to trade him or anything. He had nothing to back that up. And now to go through that entire year, and at least for right now, to have that week one getting the game ball. We saw all the clips of like his mom in Kansas city when she was super high up in the stadium. And then this week we see her at soldier field and at the end of the game, all the bears fans around her are all gone. And you see in her cheer, I was very happy that Jordan love was able to go through this entire process. And I mean, so far so good. And I can't complain about that. I was going to ask you if you guys knew that his mom was there. It was only every third commercial <laughs> break that 37 we heard. times. <laughs> oh, here's Did his mom. Know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Did you know a... she had really bad seats and then Justin Fields? Yeah. Did you know their friends got her better tickets? Love texted Fields. Yeah. And I didn't. Uh, people have talked about that, too. You know, the other guy who who Jordan Love hangs out with and is close with with uh, his agency and everything. Deshaun Watson. So hopefully hopefully he'll stay away from him. Uh, yeah. Not oh. not as oh. not as good. Running back, uh, I mean, we'll start with the good, Aaron Jones. I fucking love Aaron Jones. Again, I've as long as we've had the podcast, I've been saying this, especially the last two years. He is the most underrated uh, running back in Packers history. It's amazing how, and I know he's kind of a smaller guy, but how every coach doesn't seem to want to give him the ball. The first drive, I'm like, ah, we've cured it. New year, we're gonna we're gonna at least mix him in. But then he didn't touch the ball again until I believe the last. Uh, series before halftime, but finished with nine carries, 41 yards, one touchdown. Uh, obviously, his receptions, too. He had two receptions, 86 yards, the one touchdown. Um, he had a 4.5 average, I think it was. Very happy he's on the team. Um, let's, I guess, let's stop. Let's talk about him first before we get to the negatives. Billy, Aaron Jones, do you like him? You think he's a good player? I mean, yeah, Aaron, Aaron Jones is a pretty good player. I mean, made a couple of Pro Bowls and I mean, just the way that the offense moves when he's on the field and he's getting touches and you, you kind of mentioned it. I was, I was frustrated that he didn't get all more in the first half. And I know we talked about it last year, you know, LaFleur always says we got to get got Aaron Jones, the ball more, we got to run the ball more. And he made the comment to Andrews at halftime. And it's like, you're the play caller. Give him the ball more. <laughs> he said that at halftime talking to Aaron Andrews. He made a comment about we need to we need to run the ball more. We get Aaron Jones the ball more. Whoever is his senior analyst assistant guy, like who Connor Lewis used to be, to be in his ear to tell him to challenge stuff or whatever. How how do you not just like every fifteen minutes have a it's like Aaron Jones? It should not be that tough. And yeah, it, it's to the point where I actually wonder if he has asked the team like, "Hey, can you not give me the ball?" too much like I don't want to get hurt and he even said how he was a little happy that uh coach said you know didn't put him back in the game even though he could have gone back in which is a little odd but I'm not it's not like I'm taking well that you know for starting or you know running back number ones Aaron Jones is 
like he has like 30 percent less than average touches for a running back oh. who's 30 years old he has like 800 and the average he, is like 1100 or something he's 28 i believe okay for so whatever for his age he has like 30 percent less I, I was only seeing that because i was looking at some fantasy stuff preseason so going into this season he's the for the rushing leader that he is like he should have you know, 40% more touches or something like that within that 30 to 40 range. So maybe that's a reason why he can, you know, age so gracefully while, while playing as well as he does. Yeah, true, Todd. Yeah, he definitely, and for a guy who's not super, I wouldn't say like super rugged, like he does have injuries. He does have, he always seems like he's getting tweaked here or there. It's probably maybe in hindsight for the best, even though we hate it all the time, but it's like, Aaron Jones looks, I mean, he looks like he's a second year player still, you know, yeah. he, he cuts amazing. Like he's not slow to get up like dude spry. Um, and yeah, I don't know the, the receiving game just as good as it was last year. I mean, clearly he's been working on those routes that he, where I think he beat uh, Edwards on the inside on that Texas route. I mean, just smooth. The yeah. most frustrating thing for me is, it seems like, especially on Sunday, Jones was just productive every time he touched the ball, even on the ground. Like he was going for six, seven, eight, nine yards. And then we bring in Dylan and he plods forward for about a yard and a half. Are we going to talk about Dylan now? So, but hang on, before we go, Dylan, I just want to repeat that last point that I made. I mean, oh. kind of similar to if if he does play 20 snaps, we, 20 we better. or 25, does he get the same production consistently? You know what I mean? Is it because he's fresh? Because he's not running? He's He's new. In the His games that true. he does give to, that many carries, he to some yeah to okay. some extent I think that's true, but I also think he can handle more than ten carries a game. I mean, it's some sometimes right. you know some games professionals some no, games just like I mean it's like yeah. what are we doing? Well, yeah. I, and those I'm are not games expecting we lose. him to. I'm not expecting him to carry you know 25, 30 times a game. I'm just right. saying like let's let's not go entire series without giving yes. him the ball if it's yes. second and eight. Let's give him the ball. Let's see that, what happens. That That's what I was going to say, too. I'm fine. I don't want to say I'm fine with a 50-50 split. A.J. Dillon actually out-snapped uh, Aaron Jones on Sunday. But mix him in. Just fucking mix him in. Like like we said, it was the first series of the first half and the last series of the first half. Just sprinkle him. Get, if you got to make A.J. Dillon happy and get his couple carries, do that. But at least, like, at least every series he should get a attempt or something. I, I don't know. It's just, it's yeah. very disconcerting moving on AJ Dillon. I mean, I think we had a pretty good preview episode for who we picked for players. I mean, we'll get into Dontavian Wicks later too, Todd. Um, but AJ Dillon, I mean, God, he had a 1.5 yard average, uh, 13 carries, 19 yards, the long of seven yards. So, 1.5 yards per carry. It was 2.9 yards less than Aaron Jones, and it's only 1.5 yards more than Sean Clifford, who had an average of zero yards because he knelt the ball down. Uh, again, the biggest hit A.J. Dillon has ever had was on that mascot last offseason. I understand, and people have said this, like, fucking Aaron, uh, Aaron Nagler. He, I listen to his stuff sometimes, and I really like Aaron. He, I think he does. You can have so many worse guys. Like, when you have Pierre Bukowski, you see other fan bases. Aaron Nagler, you know, nine out of 10 times is right on his takes. He said the only play that he had problems with on Dylan was the screen pass where he didn't let his blockers get in front of him and block. 
there was that screen pass. There was a second screen pass where he didn't let his blockers develop. The first uh, quarter, he had that ball right in his hands that he dropped. And then every run is for, do you want two yards? Do you want three yards? Seven yards, and then you might lose five. And I know the, the run blocking wasn't great, but it's the same line that Aaron Jones and even freaking Patrick Taylor was running behind. It's just, I, I, he's incredibly frustrating. It's to the, and it's one game again, but this is kind of the same deal we were getting last year. It's, you know, the point where it's like, give Aaron Jones half of the snaps and then that other half figure it out in a rotation. You can't, you cannot be giving AG Dillon the ball as much as you are. I, I have a little bit of a, of a different take on this. I think that, I think that he is criminally misused. I'm not I don't I'm not saying AJ Dillon should be a superstar or that he is or anything. I'm just saying like out of gun running your yeah. power assuming power back outside left and right. Yes. In an oppor- in a in a position where it's like those are AJ those are or sorry those are Aaron Jones runs. Run Get under center, hand him the ball off of the middle, like give him a head of steam. Like you're not benefiting AJ Dillon standing in gun and doing an off tackle run or a sweet play. Like these are not AJ Dillon carries. Like that's not his fault. I don't think that's his fault at all. I think, yes, he made plenty of mistakes. I think his, I think his blocking has been pretty good. Just give him credit for that. It's been better, but don't get cute with it. Run AJ Dillon up the middle and get your three, four, if he gets in the second level, he's getting five or six. Like, that's what you use him for. Don't get cute. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I'm just like the whole first quarter. I'm like, this is not AJ Dillon's fault. It's not. That's, that's a really good point, Todd. And I think that's, that's something I'm certainly guilty of forgetting about that because I've been complaining for years, whether it's Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon or whoever is in the backfield. I hate with a passion running out of the shotgun on third and inches. Uh, I absolutely hate it. Like you were saying, you know, you're, you're starting five yards from the line of scrimmage. You're at a dead stop. You can't get any momentum. Like if you want to go, like go under center, if you want to try and spread them out, you can still go three receivers and a tight end and no fullback. That's fine. But give the guy a chance to get ahead of steam. Let him, you know, use his vision, but he doesn't come on. Use his vision. He does not have vision. Make it so he doesn't have to use his vision. Run him straight up the middle. Mm -hmm. Well, but that's exactly it. When we do run him, it seems like he just runs into the back of, you know, John Runyon 90% of the time. Like, (laughs) you you need to find at least a a seam or a crack or something. Makes a loss of confidence because I I mentioned it on the last podcast. His yards per carry was great his first year. Mm -hmm. It dropped into, you know, acceptable range two years ago. And then last year it was a little bit lower, but just, it seemed like he's been so much less productive. Every year it's gotten worse and his hands have gotten worse too. The thing out of college was that he hadn't caught any balls and everyone's like, Oh, but they never threw it. And his rookie year, he wasn't used a bunch, but his second year, you know, who's getting the ball more. It's only gotten worse. So I just, I, I don't know. It's, it'll be very interesting to see next week. If, uh, if Wilson is active, who was inactive this week, they did call up Patrick mm-hmm. Taylor at a couple uh, series at the end there. He had some but, nice runs. 
Yeah, yeah, behind an even worse offensive line that AJ <laughs> Dillon had. You watch, you watch Patrick Taylor runs. He goes up the middle. Nothing's there. He busted outside and picks yeah. up like eight yards. And I know that's not AJ Dillon's game, but I He's, I don't know what his game is at this point. Patrick Taylor is just like more of a slasher too. Like more fits yeah. in what this offensive line I think is doing too. Where like he's slashing and creating. I just don't know that AJ Dillon is creating for himself. Like I think you have to give him a lane. Like I almost just feel like he's. I don't. I'm not an expert, but just doesn't feel like a zone runner. Like he he's not a guy who's gonna go pick a hole. You gotta be like C gap yes. go and a gap go. Like that feels like more his style. I don't know. And they talked what, about what changed this. from his rookie year. It's the exact same, you know, scheme from I his rookie know. year. That's a it? good point. I don't know. Yeah, I would assume it's all the same. It's all under the floor. Yeah. And I don't he's, know. He's I also very... feel like you're underselling his knowledge or ability a little bit, Todd, in that, you know, you, he can't make his own decision on finding a spot to go in. Just just straight up telling him what which one is. That, is he really that on? I'm saying no, I'm not saying it's his inability <laughs> to understand. I'm saying it's his inability to move laterally. Sure. Okay. A, a zone back, I, in my opinion, needs to be able to cut and move laterally, and I just don't see it from he. It's not elite, and you need to be elite. That's why Aaron Jones is so good at it. When he makes that cut, bam, he's gone and he's moving up the field. I just feel like AJ Dillon, like we got to get him going forward. When when we and when you look at this offense, when you have, you know, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, Aaron Jones. AJ Dillon just isn't he he isn't that type of player. He he does not have that type of ceiling that those guys have on a given play. It just I don't know. We'll see as the season goes on, but oofta. Um moving on to wide receiver, we'll start with one Romeo Dubs, who pretty solid, came in questionable, had a great game, four catches, twenty-six yards, the two touchdowns. He was close on a couple others too, but God, I love I love Romeo Dubs. I'll just run through these stats here. Um, Samari Ture he had the two receptions, 18 yards. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, he had no receptions, but he had the most snaps amongst all the wide receivers in this game, which was shocking. Um, and yeah, Jaden Reed, I think he's going to be a good route runner. He had a big pickup on third and eight on a crossing route. He just looks... He, he looks like he knows the game already. Sometimes these rookies are look a little lost. That's never been something with him. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It Oh, the other thing with him, God, how lucky. How often have you seen a player immediately grab their knee, can't walk off the field, and then it, and then they end up coming back in? I thought his season was lost. And it, it ended was up cramps, just, right? ju- just being a cramp. Him, yeah. him and Musgrave each had cramps on their law, on their deep – uh, Musgrave caught his Reed didn't catch his but they cramped up on those plays but it was a little spooky there for a bit but uh, wide receivers uh, a lot of the young guys we had some questions going in but uh, I don't know Billy Todd Billy what'd you think the one thing that stuck out to me is the balance that we had you know two years ago you think about Devontae Adams getting 15 you know targets and 10 catches yes nobody had more than five targets we had Six different receivers, I think, catch balls. You know, all of them caught at least two. Nobody caught more than four. Like, I appreciate that Jordan Love was spreading the ball around. And like you brought up with Wicks, you know, coming into the game is what, wide receiver four, leading the snaps. Shows what we think of him. You know, granted, Watson was was out. Dobbs was banged up. But 
you know, to come in as a rookie and not a very high draft pick, play that number of snaps and, you know, get a couple of targets, contribute in the running game with some blocking. I think the the upside is is high for this wide receiving room. I agree. Yeah, and with Wicks too, something Justice Mosqueda and Andy Herman said today. I don't really love Andy, but I like Justice Mosqueda. Uh they both said how watching the tape back, Dontavian Wicks is open a lot. Like he's just on a different level with those against that and it's the Bears again. It's the fucking Bears. Yeah, right. But for a rookie to already people saying that is positive. I think at least it shows the confidence too that the that the coaching staff has in him to at least understand the playbook. And I think that's a really good sign for a rookie too. Like at this early stage in the game, game one, being able to step in and then being confident, he ran the most plays. Like obviously he knows what's going on. So that's a good start. And like you said, if he can be open, I mean, all it takes is maybe a little bit of that connection, a little bit of that trust between him and Jordan. Um, Seeing a little Aaron Rodgers-esque, don't throw to a rookie type thing. Unless, I guess, unless it was... Yeah, but no, I mean, overall, the wide receiver group looks it looks good. It feels more like a very poor man's version, but like the 2011 where it's like we can kind of throw like gives me that feel. We haven't seen it yet. There's a lot to prove, but like 2011, it was like you could throw to anybody anywhere and the defense couldn't not like the, you know, when Devontae Adams is, you know, wide receiver MVP, like they're just going to triple him, right? Like, it's not like that. Like we can kind of throw to anybody. I think that gives you a lot of success and a lot of options. Um, it'll be great to see Christian Watson come back. Do we know a timeline? He was, uh, he did speak to the media yesterday briefly. He said that his chances are better to play this week, but he said he's day to day. It was, I, if I were to guess right now, and again, we don't have a practice schedule or anything. I am going to guess he's going to be questionable for Sunday and maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. I mean, again, it's, just suit him up and have him be a decoy, if nothing else. Just do that shit with him. It'll, it'll but it's a hammy, down. right? Yes. Those yes. can be a little dangerous. What's up with the hammy injuries on the Packers squad? I forgot. I think Bill Huber pointed out how there was like, uh, what the fuck? There's like, it was four, like two there's, others in the league, hammy there, injuries. There's like 14 hammy designations in the league, and four of them were the Packers going into Sunday's okay. game, something like that. Um, moving on, tight end. Luke Musgrave, not, uh, you know, it, it's funny because you watch the game and it's like, oh, he didn't do too much, but he had 50 yards. He had the three receptions. And again, it's, he is, you're, you're training like a baby moose or maybe a full grown moose to play football with him. Like his change of direction is just tough. You know, that deep bomb that he did catch off the bad snap uh, from Jordan Love or whatever. Like, you got to get your head around and the right way to run with it. Like, he had no chance to keep running with it. And I talked in the past about how he always leaves his feet to catch balls. But he was still pretty fucking impressive. Ben Fennel on uh, on Twitter, who watches a lot of tape, he was saying that Luke Musgrave was one of the most impressive tight ends in the league week one. Not rookies, but all the tight ends. I guess Mark Andrews didn't play. Whatever, yeah. not like that's huge, but for you know, he's the guy who I thought would be pretty slow to start the season. To start the season the way he did was pretty solid. And then we had Tucker Craft, Ben Sims, Josiah Deguara. I don't think we have anything to really say about those guys, but uh, Luke Musgrave, thoughts? Um, yeah, he, I don't, Moose maybe feels a little, uh, 
degrading. He's super fast, right? But, like, but if you get a moose who could catch a football, that's really good. And that's true. Sure. Moose okay. are fast. Okay, as well. spin zone. That's a compliment. He's a moose. Yeah. It's not. A, it wasn't um, derogatory. I think. Yeah, I think if you're talking just like his athleticism, it definitely shows. I think that part's really impressive. I mean, I didn't watch all the games, but I would be surprised if he was the most impressive or top three. I mean, he didn't. Kelsey didn't play either. Ah, good point. Yeah, yes. Kelsey didn't play. Yeah, Did, there you go. Uh, yeah, maybe. I guess maybe this week. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know. It didn't seem like a super impressive performance to me, but like a rookie week one, what was I expecting? Not a mm. lot. I mean, maybe he maybe on that one vertical route, the seam or whatever would have been sweet to hit him. Cause it looked like he had nothing but running room and let's see how fast he is. But um, I think, you know, in the future he'll hit that and I'm not super worried about those types of things, but yeah, big, if he can, if he can be effective in the, the run game, I mean, even better. He did have a nice block on, I believe it was the Aaron Jones, that mm-hmm. inside run play where he was cutting back and forth. He had a nice, little inside block on i think it was one of those inside linebackers so it's like he's he's not he's not horrible i think he got knocked once or twice on his blocking but it's pretty good good start i'm excited to see luke moosegrave continue to to get some time here how did Um, i not do that that was a layup i didn't even think easy i I like his versatility though todd you mentioned the run game and then the thing that stood out to me in the past game was you know, the number of different routes that we saw him run, you know, there was the corner route was overthrown. Was it him? Was it love? Doesn't matter. There was the seam route that he was wide open on. He got open, you know, over the middle, you know, a couple check down type throws from love. It's been a long time since we had a tight end that could run, you know, all those routes comfortably. Yeah. And it's like, we've been kind of saying this off season, it's, you know, Jermichael Finley, you talked about the SI cover too. Maybe they'll, recreate that here in the future but we're definitely not getting ahead of ourselves uh the offensive line Bakhtiari Elton Jenkins uh Josh Myers John Running Zach Tom all started Bakhtiari in probably his last game in Chicago as a Green Bay Packer allowed zero pressures he uh I don't know if you guys saw some of this he did the whole laid out uh touchdown celebration where he was like you know I don't know a swimsuit model like a playboy yeah yeah, playboy model and then he flipped off the Bears fans like (laughs) right before the snap on one of those games so you know Dave was kind of a I don't know what was going on with him this offseason but since then he's been very I don't know a lot more (laughs) not like he was ever unfriendly but he seems a lot more I don't know better part of the team yeah there you go part of the team exactly he was trying to get off the team and now he's like i don't want to play for the jets anymore um (laughs) and then josh oh another thing that was kind of interesting when sean clifford came in uh they pulled bach terry elton jenkins and zach tom but they kept runyon and josh myers in it just shows you how they're viewing zach tom currently and i guess or they just don't want clifford to get fucking beaten to death you well, know but that's that's not what i'm saying i'm saying uh they already view zach tom better than john running as far Got as it. importance of the team you fucking knob uh josh myers yes. again he's he's if we can if we can fix him or get someone else there i would feel fucking really really good about the offense i mean the first series one of the first plays of the year he trips uh aaron jones Later on, he twice he didn't get to his block. The second time, the second time, it's funny because watching it live, I'm like, 
he didn't get to his spot. He didn't block, and Aaron Jones got tackled. Aaron Jones, while getting up, he's looking at him, and he's doing this. Like, it was me. It was me, and I'm like, God, Aaron Jones really is just the best teammate. And then he stepped on someone else. It's just a constant thing with him. He was the 37th-ranked center in the NFL on Sunday. Uh, Andrew, fact checker, how many teams are in the NFL? <laughs> I, I got to look Seventh. it up. I got to look it up. <laughs> Who, also, 32. hang on. How does that happen? So that means it was five other centers that play, backup centers that played yeah i mean the vikings we know they a bradbury got hurt i think a couple centers did get hurt and plus so lit- backups that came in were better than him <laughs> a couple least, of them at least three of them <laughs> yeah unless they're like judging guards and that on pro football focus too but either way i don't i thought the offensive line obviously pass protection was incredible overall i I think Jordan Love is only pressured twice or something, and he had the one hit. But overall, you cannot see, cannot complain. But the run blocking wasn't great. I, you know, we'll see what happens with AJ Dillon. Andrew, you're playing with your mic, and we can hear it. Um, but yes, Andrew, what what do you have to say? I was just gonna say that I'm I'm not excited, but I'm curious to see how Love does when we actually have pressure. You know, going yes, against Chicago's right. D, it's like we got. I got to remind myself not to get too excited. Oh, he's he's you know never take all the time you want but that might not be the case in weeks to come yes no that that is actually incredibly somehow a good point and we heard your your mic again as you as you put it down but uh yeah we'll see that'll be the biggest test for jordan love i'm pretty surprised because they didn't blitz him much at all either so i'm not quite sure the bears just have no idea what the fuck they're doing but uh with that we will have a quick commercial break Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co And we're back with the defense. Uh, the defense looked pretty good. Uh, it's interesting. You know, all offseason they were saying how they were going to be more aggressive. Kenny Clark was saying how they're going to do some different things up front in the run game. Um, they were also in kind of a tough spot. You know, we always bitch, hey, we want Jay and Man Manning up against their number one receiver. But when you're going up against Justin Fields, it's kind of tough because he's a pretty good runner. So you want to play more zone. I thought they kind of found that perfect balance where fields didn't gash us in the run game and he obviously can't throw worth a shit but uh so probably the most interesting thing about this game and the new look defense one is how fucking talented we are but two is how they kind of change things up front on the defensive line with the edge players uh 
I don't know how to say his name. Dyer Carragher. He's some kid over in yeah, Europe. He writes I don't know some how to say things. that either. It's always a struggle. So he wrote about it and what what the fix was. And what it is, is Joe Barry stunting on them hoes. On Sunday in Chicago, and I, I kind of you know breezed through it and wrote this down. This isn't exactly what he wrote. On Sunday in Chicago, the Packers rushed the passer 52 times. On 28 of those, they incorporated a pass rush stunt and if you don't know what a stunt is it's like instead of running at the guy straight in front of you you kind of swap with the guy next to you on the defensive line or if you're on the edge um on 28 of those plays they incorporated a pass rushing stunt an nfl average is 12 times per game last year the packers called 125 total stunts second least in the nfl so this change uh, allowed the Packers to get 38 pressures on 52 dropbacks. Of those 38 pressures, 24 of them came from stunts. So I thought that was good. It was a good start. It obviously it helped play with this offensive or this young defensive line. And I guess we can just start right there. The defensive line. Did, does Kenny finally have his Robin with Devonta Wyatt? Billy, you were talking about that pretty early. But, I mean, God, in his young career, his best game of his career, when they finally give him some snaps, one and a half sacks, two QB hits, two tackles for loss. Kenny Clark, he's awesome. I, I love watching him just, one, rush the passer. But the way he sniffs out screens is always very funny to see a big guy like that, like immediately run backwards when he sees what's going on. Carl Brooks, first career game, first career sack. Uh, and then Col- uh, Colby Wooden had a solid game too. He had three pressures, which I believe was the second most out of all the rookie defensive linemen. But uh, Billy, the defensive line, what'd you think? Obviously really impressive. I don't remember the last time that came out of a game saying, boy, the defense played really well. You know, in the past, it was because we were forcing a bunch of turnovers. We were doing that this time without forcing turnovers. You know, you said mm-hmm. we had, what, 38, 38 pressures or whatever? Yeah, yeah. That is a ton. And for <laughs> Justin Fields to only turn the ball over once. Mm-hmm. What, well, twice. He, twice. he fumbled he once. He did have the fumble, he yeah. fumbled on the run, but then threw a pick. Like, he was under that much pressure, and he only threw one interception. I mean... If we continue to get after the passer like that, obviously we're going to face better quarterbacks than Justin Fields, but the turnovers will continue to come. True, very true. It's something else, too, uh, that I saw looking at the snap counts. On the defensive line, the most snaps someone got was 40. That was TJ Slayton. The least was Brooks, who had 29. But they're all in that same range, so they're rotating those guys. They're all staying fresh, and it worked out pretty well. I mean, the Bears were averaging... 3.32 yards per carry, which you would take that every day of the week, especially if you're the Green Bay Packers, who historically have been dog shit on the run D. Todd? Feels feels semi-impressive, too, to have TJ Slayton be in there for that many snaps. Having a nose tackle that can just go play after play after play seems... I don't know what the stats would be on the average nose tackle, but like seems like they rotate in and out fairly frequently. But I just felt like TJ was in there like the entire game. And I feel like that also opens up stuff for Kenny because we used to move Kenny inside a little bit more and stuff like that too. And just like him staying out there, him being able to work maybe in more one-on-ones is definitely a benefit to everybody. So yeah, I don't know. The, that front seven specifically, even like you're saying too, like the D-line, like how many times 
and we walked away going like, man, that the D line was everywhere. Like that's just not the Packers identity to have a strong pass rushing D line. Um, maybe that's Dean Lowry's fault. I don't know. It has but, to be, <laughs> but regardless, like when you can get pressure with four, that does amazing things for your defense. Right. So if you can get pressure with four, I mean, that's a recipe for success and really excited about the D line and the front seven as a whole. It's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too, where, you know, the, one of the big things with Joe Barry and pretty much every defense that I can really remember, it's like, why are we playing so far off on third down or whatever? And now it's like, it doesn't matter. It is, you know, it's probably better to play off if you're actually getting pressure that quickly, which they were doing all day Sunday. So it, I, so do we not hate Joe Barry anymore? Or no, are we, we just saying our players well, are good let's enough to not, overcome yeah. how bad he is? I just Hold want to on. understand what the mentality is. Are our players good enough to overcome him? Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but the correct opinion is that <laughs> we don't love Joe Barry. Yeah. He has to earn our trust and he has destroyed it. We are so let's, talented. Let's see this against it. let's see us do this against Minnesota or a team with a real offense, the Chiefs. Well, not I have a follow-up question, not about Lions. Joe Barry, but yeah, right, Lions. Um, is Justin Fields just overhyped? going into the season because he was like qb7 coming in so like i don't want to get too excited about our defense but if he if the hype was real and we shut him down that's awesome if you're saying fantasy ranking exactly so i know we're not talking fantasy but in general wouldn't you you expect that to correlate to yes but wouldn't you expect that to correlate to actually on-field results no so justin runs the ball well yes he 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 ran for 1200 yards last year how many yards did aaron Rodgers run for last year sure i I would i mean 1200 yards is amazing for a running back i mean he is he's an elite athlete i don't think anybody would question that and when you watch him He's an elite athlete throwing the ball maybe isn't one of his strengths. So, I mean, that's one of the things that he's a running back that they put in the quarterback position. Yeah. So he is fast. Like he's a good athlete. AJ Dillon to running the ball is Justin Fields throwing the ball. That's, that's, that's harsh. Yes. Okay. Because it's not like AJ Dillon can throw the ball. So that puts AJ Dillon in a really tough spot. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, moving on, corner, Jair Alexander had a good game. Well, I don't know. He was solid. It's Everything was just good on Sunday, it seemed like. He had that one blitz where he could have killed oh, that was Oh, that hurts. I, swear, I think corner blitzes, like, that's what happens half of the time. Like, if you actually get home, yeah. that's what happens. It's just, Or they just get shed because a lot of them are – like, if you, quarterbacks are pretty big too. But, like, in that scenario, like, I felt like he even broke down – a little bit because he knew he saw him, right? He knew Fields mm-hmm. saw him. He almost like started to break down to like make the tackle, and Fields still got out of it. Like he is yeah. just he's so mobile. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. Um, oh. Razul Douglas, I thought he had a solid game. Keyshawn Nixon, he seems to kind of be outside of the safety position. I don't know how long he's going to be our nickel corner for. It's obviously very early in the season, but it seemed like he struggled in training camp a bit. He had the opportunity last year to get some corner snaps and it never happened. I think especially with Carrington Valentine being who he is and then Eric Stokes eventually coming off PUP, I wouldn't be shocked if Keyshawn is not playing defensive snaps come December, January. 
Uh, Do we know how many snaps that uh, Valentine ended up getting? Was he on the field? It didn't seem very frequent. Yeah, not too much. He played a lot of special teams. He did come in late. And when he did come in, he actually played outside. And then they put Rezul back in the slot or, you know, the nickel spot, which wasn't great last year. So as much as we want to say Joe Barry has changed, he's still putting Rezul over there. But I don't know. I did see see that he locked up DJ Moore in the red zone on again small sample size one play but somebody had pointed out on twitter that he had blanket coverage in the red zone on dj moore carrington valentine that is so oh, okay well interesting it that's the thing it this i'm glad we played the bears this week so we'll always have this but i'm curious to see what's going to happen when we go up against an actual offense um, side note though if that's not justin fields back there it's a six sack game that's a good, at least, probably more, actually. It could be more. <laughs> like that, yeah. granted, there's not many O-lines that are that bad. But I'm just saying, yeah. you know, other teams are going to have better offensive lines. But at the same time, put a non-mobile quarterback back there, and they're getting rocked. Yeah. But no. if there's a quarterback that can recoverages, I mean, you talked yeah. about it, Spencer, that yeah. both- that corner blitz could be seen from a mile away. Like if Fields is on the same page as the outside receiver, he just runs five yards upfield and stops and turns around and he's wide open, but the safety can come down. So yeah, it, I was watching a, a video, the the QB school with, I think JT O'Sullivan actually Pack, right before this. And he, Packer he was, legend. he was breaking down the, the bears offense. And he was like, just absolutely pissed because so much it was like fields doesn't know what he's doing. The offensive line is trash. He doesn't understand the way that the plays are drawn up. Like seeing that, like it was a lot of stuff that I never considered. So I think the issues with the Chicago offense run much deeper from just Justin Fields, the outside it's the offensive line. It's the way that the plays are drawn up. It's the coaching. Like, so I'm obviously optimistic about the defense, but like we said, let's, play a team that has some competent coaching a decent quarterback some better weapons on the outside when aaron Rodgers retires which could be soon i want i want to get a total list of guys who had promotions or new jobs because of him because luke getze is the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, and that is because of Aaron Rodgers. Nathaniel Hackett, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember this. He was the head coach of the Broncos last year. <laughs> didn't didn't do that good. Uh, Joe Philbin, he wasn't great. Who was uh, Ben uh, Ben McAdoo? He wasn't ben. great. Ben McAdoo, that's right. So it's uh, you know, there's and it's funny because the one of the guys who's been the more successful was uh, who was his quarterback coach uh, who looks like Mike McCarthy, offensive coordinator for the Browns. Oh. Um... Yeah, 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 I know who you're talking about. They Andrew, always, they used to always pan to him uh, on the broadcast because they thought it was Mike McCarthy. Yes, but you know he's the guy who Rogers was pissed off when McCarthy let him go as the quarterback coach, and he's maintained a pretty successful career after that. So, God, I don't. Can we why. do like a graphic and you can tweet it out? It'll be like the Aaron Rodgers coaching tree, <laughs> and Clements? you can just you. No, that, no, that's the current one. You can put uh, you can put Aaron Rodgers at the top. Do like an actual like the tree, and then you just have like all the failed yes. coaches that have come off like Aaron Rodgers' offenses. Yes, yeah, no, because it's long. Just look up the he's the offensive coordinator for the Browns. No, all I'm getting is Achilles <laughs> everywhere. I'm mean, gonna have yeah. to go like pages and pages. Oh, you want to know the offensive coordinator? <laughs> uh, no, he Alex, has no Achilles. Alex Van Pelt, Billy, why didn't you say it? 
I was trying to give the fact checker a chance to do it. Oh, no, don't, oh, no. don't ever do that. We, we can't, we cannot give Andrew an inch. Yeah, or you don't need to patronize to... me here, my friend. No, no, no. Uh, speaking of patronizing, Darnell Savage did start this game, but actually played pretty well. Probably the best, you know, 2021 all year. He was really bad and obviously eventually got benched. It seems like him and Rudy Ford almost had like a Freaky Friday situation because Rudy forgot how to tackle. That was really bad. I was a little let down by that. It was like Keyshawn Nixon and Rudy Ford were the two guys that kind of let me down. I don't know if you guys have any real big takes on safety there I, I i don't know i thought darnell savage played well i think he led the team in 10 with 10 tackles so way more than we were thinking exceeded expectations for me i mean i think that's a good start to the to the year granted the bears so yeah asterisks just a big asterisk against everything we're saying we played the bears week one so yes i hope uh darnell can maintain this confidence and nothing else could be he looked I don't know. He looked happy he on did. Sunday. Yes. Yeah. That, that's all that matters for me. Um, Quay Walker had the touchdown, which was cool. It appears he's also the green dot on the helmet guy. So he's the communicator. They're oh. transitioning him to be that guy instead of Devondre. Um, we did move him around a little bit, not too much, but he lined up like next to Kenny on the interior a couple times. So maybe we'll see more of that in the future. Uh, Devondre Campbell, he was fine. Uh, he did get that one stupid penalty, the 15 yarder, but you watch the replay. You're not. You get a flag if you pull guys off a pile now. I saw, um, yeah. I whoever I Razul picked up that fumble from Justin Fields and what's his name Whitehead or whatever the or Leatherhead. What's his name Leatherwood? The Cody Whitehair. Yeah, <laughs> that was directionally correct. Plus. He he like was pushing Razul's head into the turf and Devondre like pulled him off and got flagged for it. So. Not great, but whatever. Um, outside linebacker. God, this is this is a long podcast, guys. Uh, we'll start off with Rashawn Gary. I hinted at that. I thought he would have a um, Zadarius Smith-esque week one of 2021 type game, and he did. Zadarius had nine snaps that game. Uh, Rashawn only had the 10 or 12. I believe it was 12. I've seen both. Um and he got a pressure on half of them. He had five pressures, was a millisecond away from getting that fumble, forcing that fumble on Justin Fields, and he had that one sack taken back for too many men on the field. Lucas Van Ness, borderline shocked that he had his first career sack in his first game. It's I was trying to look up the last time we had a rookie get a sack in their first game because we had him have one, we had Carl Brooks have one, and I all I could find is Clay Matthews and Mike Neal each had sacks in their second career games but I, mm. I, I i'm sure wes hodkowitz could pull that out but was his right, sack when he was rolling out to the right or was that he threw it away on that one when fields rolled out to the right and van ness chased him yes was yes. that the sack okay yes it was, was one of those that were like not... impressive how fast lucas van ness is because justin fields could not turn the corner on him it also was... he's a giant but yes at the same time, like he literally, like he went to go turn it on. He was like, oh, I'm going to run around this guy. And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to. He it played it perfectly too. played that angle perfectly. Like the way that Justin Fields would have gotten outside is if Lucas Van Ness cut it up field, but he was just like, I'm just going to chase you to the sideline and take you down there. And that's exactly what he did. It's like Justin Fields had like a fishing line and he was like real. It was, there was no missed step. It was incredible because I was getting ready for Fields to just run up and score. So that was, yeah. that was yeah. cool. Um, I thought he was Lucas Van Ness. He was pretty good in the run game too. The couple times you notice 
watching it back, there's that one play in like the first quarter where they run to the right, the Bears going from right to left. And Lucas Van, he sniffs it out and at least penetrates enough that someone else makes the tackle. And you can see the outside linebacker coach, uh, Revacek or something. You can see him like run up almost to him. And then he's like, yeah, let's go, Lucas. I'm like, okay, this is, I like that he's getting excited. So once again, I thought it was going to be slow for Lucas to get shit going here. And early returns are pretty, pretty good. He's also, I believe he's dating Cole Komet's sister and he's from Chicago. So... That's a fun little wrinkle. Good. Billy's getting giving me the head. I'm glad Billy's like nodding and agreeing. And then our fact checker, Andrew's like, what the fuck? Are we <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I'm holding the mic. So I know the more I fact check, the more I'm going to uh, irritate the, the ears. You know, like I yes. said, next week, I will be prepared. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Preston Smith, he had a solid game, too. Uh, JJ Anikbari, he was fine. He tipped a ball, had a couple pressures. Yeah. I don't know. I am, once again, very, I don't know, any superlative. I I don't remember the last time I was this excited about, like, the pressure that the Green Bay Packers are creating with a defensive coordinator who doesn't have a great idea. It's like, they're just so good. <laughs> this is going to age so bad. Where it, you feel like every week it's just going to be madness up front. I don't know. Uh, and then other than that, all we have is special teams. Andres Carlson made made the 52 yarder when shit was kind of going going to hell there with the down that worked he out. boomed that thing that, <laughs> that was, was good, good for, for 65 <laughs> yeah that thing was flying watch his kicks if because we watched mason forever and he was great but they were not you don't want to say line drives but with I don't know what it is with Carlson. It's like they just boop and they go like kind of straight up and they just fly. They just carry. So that was cool. Again, maybe he has to be on a David Bakhtiari type pitch count and just not practice because training camp he was dog shit. But in the games outside in the Midwest, well, I guess outside of Cincinnati, looking good. He kicked pretty well in Lambeau, kicked well in Soldier Field. So I don't have any complaints. Uh, Daniel Wheeland, he was good. I think he was averaging like 49 yards. With his punts, his hold that it, there was a high snap too. I think on the extra point, and he got it, it down. That was it was, was really like, high too. Yeah. So you know, practicing with his mom in the kitchen with uh, loaves of bread worked out. Andrew's got to be so confused with that. Things are going too well. <laughs> Things are going way too well. Way they too well. way too well. Week one. Be yeah. prepared, everybody. Things are not going to go this well all season. That's why I'm glad it happened week one because this is literally. All, you know, if this happened week two, it's it's a different story. Now everything's amazing. Um, and I'm gonna be more excited though with Anders Carlson. Yep. Like we talked about those two yellow poles and just kick it in, and like that's all we got to do. And it was great. He did he, it. He I watched the game do. with my dad, and he was literally like, "He's like, did you hear him kick the ball when he kicked that 52 <laughs> yarder?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "He like smacked that thing." It was like this guy's got a freaking leg. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see the young special teams unit like every, everywhere else on this uh, team. And then Jaden Reed, I tweeted this out too. He had 54 punt return yards on Sunday. Uh, the Packers in 2020 as a team had 53 the entire year. So That's he, not real. Wow, that can't That's be. That's real. something I, I would say. <laughs> right? No, I looked on pro football reference because I, I didn't remember if it was 2019 or 2020 when that happened, but... Where wow. I remember, well, all year we were like, for the like halfway through the year, we were in the negative yardage on punt returns. It was so bad. It was so bad. And then we signed Tyler Irvin and we got it turned around. Mm, and then he Sturman got hurt Irvin. the next year. Yes. 
Um, but yeah, was that like maybe like Amari Rogers no, back there. Was, okay, we thought I could see if we still had him. We thought Amari was gonna save us from that, and Amari oh. did quite obviously did the op- the opposite yeah. of that. I don't think he's in the league right now. He might. No, be he is. He's on the practice squad. squad. He is. I was just reading about him. I don't remember where, but I know he is. Okay. All right. Billy? Some, somewhere in the league. Billy knows. Billy knows where. <laughs> Texans? That no. He, right. Well, he got cut. Did they re-sign him on the practice squad? I don't know. We, we've we talked way too much about Amari Rogers on this podcast. Well, his dad. Remember his dad? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the Colts. Same division. Doesn't matter. Okay. Let's move okay. on. All right, moving on. That's the game. It was great. Packers win. Bears are fucking terrible. And I actually feel bad. I, I, like they can't, no. they can't don't be moved because it's Chicago. But at some point, it's like, man, they, when, when's the last time they had hope in this season? Off season, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Every year they have hope. Yeah, absolutely. Ridiculous. But they had real hope this time. Like they were like, we're gonna be good. My favorite I mean, time they had hope was when Rodgers got hurt in the first quarter, and then they had no hope. That that clip of that like uh, ten year old kid watching the game like screaming like Cobb again oh my why does this keep happening anyways moving on football time take news take news very briefly maybe we'll cut this out maybe we won't Ryan Wood so something that pisses me off is when journalists have a story or something. And then they already have it in their head. I forget what the term is for this. And then they won't admit that they're wrong. And they keep running with whatever their narrative is, even if it's incorrect. Lying. That's lying. Lying. There's a different word. I, I forget what it is. Libel. So <laughs> so Ryan Wood going into the game. And we said similar things that Rashawn Gary isn't going to be Rashawn Gary right away. And they're probably going to have him on a pitch count. Sure. That's fine. Well, I would say the pitch count thing was correct. But as far as performance... He was really good on Sunday. Like we said, almost had a sack that was taken back. Almost forced that fumble. He had five pressures in the 10 to 12 snaps that he had. He was very good on Sunday. He was Rashawn Gary. He was an elite player. This is what Ryan Wood tweeted after the game, after he said that Rashawn Gary wasn't going to be Rashawn Gary early on. Quote, here's the thing about Packers pass rush versus the Bears. Four players tallied at least half a sack. None of them were Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary isn't Rashawn Gary yet. That's not how it works (laughs) in your first game back from a torn ACL. He played only 12 snaps in the opener. When he is, watch out. It's like, dude, what? Look, did you did you watch the game? It's like you're going yeah. in with your own preconceived that's what it is, pre, preconceived opinions, and you're not willing to change it because he was. It's like a hey, a I record. was right. I was right about this. Is like what it feels yes. like. But it's like, dude, if you watch the game, like if there wasn't twelve guys in the field, he has a sack, right? Yes, a solo sack too. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it is he played like five or, or he had five or six pressures on eleven or twelve snaps. Um, yeah, pretty good. I, I think he had 10 pass rush snaps is what it he played yeah, 12 snaps, 10 ah, pass rush snaps. So to get a pressure pressures. on 50% of your pass rushes. Is that a good pass rush rate? That's very it, good. I think as the kids would say, he is him. Ooh. <laughs> that, and that's the thing too. We have so many great guys on this, on that front seven there. And it's like, and we got, he's like the bonus on top. Like, oh, we got to, we got to sneak this guy in slowly, but he's also <laughs> the most talented guy on our defense, it seems like. Um, moving on to, is Kyle an idiot? I'm not an idiot. 
Okay. You sure? Yes. Is Kyle an idiot for the week? Uh, we'll do this. Billy and Todd, I guess you guys come together. I, Billy's usually pretty good with his trivia. And Andrew, you're the emergency. You Absolutely. Know, I'm... Do not do do not oh, try to help. You could fact check it for us quick. Unless so I know. Right. So if if you're new here, three questions. We'll, we'll try to keep track of them all season. Here we go. First one. Luke Musgrave had 50 yards receiving in his first NFL game. That was Sunday. How many games did a tight end have at least 50 yards receiving last year for the Green Bay Packers? 50. Man. I mean, this, this is a tough one to know, but. Would you say like two? I was going to say three. Three was my. Let's my go with yours. Reaction. Let's go three. Ooh. It was two. It, oh. was, it was two. Robert Tunyon, he had a game with 90 yards, and he had a game with 52 yards. So if, if Luke Musgrave would have just positioned himself better on that one deep throw, he would have had the second most you know, receiving yards for a tight end in the last two years for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> so good start for old uh, Lukey boy, the Luke Musgrave, which, God, I'm, I'm so upset with myself. I, <laughs> That's okay. If, for a terrible like dad joke and to miss that, I, I'm upset. Number two. Who was the head coach the last time the Packers lost to the Chicago Bears? Head coach the last time? Um, for, for the Packers. Well, yeah. Okay, so it's got to be – I mean, it's got to be McCarthy. There's no other option. I mean, it's not like – Or was it I know. And Oh, that's why he's asked. It's got to be Philbin then. Very good. Or he's, or he's it, it's, a it's Joe Philbin. I'm yeah. gonna okay. I'm gonna cut Andrew off. The, when Andrew <laughs> when Andrew cuts in to say, yeah, I think it's McCarthy. I was like, oh, I told him not to say anything. He's gonna lead him the wrong way. And sure well, enough, that's, he what did, yes. that's what I'm here for. It was <laughs> it, it was Joe Philbin, uh, December 16th in 2018. Uh, the Packers lost in Chicago. Um, and the time before that, that the Packers lost to the Bears. Guess what year? This is just bonus fun. That was Brett Favre night. Yes. Yes. Oh, it was. oh 20, that's right. Yes. 2015. It's 2023, guys. It's been like insane. eight years. That was the night of the Brett and Bart and Aaron yes. picture. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. There you go. That, there you go. That, that could have been your own fun fact. Uh, the last question, one and one for the week. Good job, boys. Looking forward to next week where we play the Atlanta Falcons. Who played right guard on the final snap in the 2016 NFC Championship game when TJ Lang and I forgot oh. Byron Bell, I think, got hurt? Oh, no. It's a, de- it's a it's defensive, defensive lineman. lineman. Was it Latroy Gon? Latroy Gion. I'm going to say, or who? let's think about this for a second. Who else was yeah. there? We're, go- we're going too long. You got it. It's Latroy Gion. Oh. Yes. And I, I remember when, nice we had, job, Billy. when we had Brett Good on here before, he talked about how it was almost him that got to go in to play guard. <laughs> it was something It was something like that. So we did miss that almost. Um, but uh, that's, Billy. That's you- telling that they went with a defense lineman over a long snapper. I think that it was body, just though, like Troy was a big boy. Yes. With a big chain too. If you remember during practice, he had like a gigantic gold chain too. It was just ridiculous. Um, they had have just been going for girth or whatever at the end there, just to get them through the, the end of the game. But uh, Billy rumor has it that you have a stump spinny question for me. I should almost just switch it to Billy. Billy's probably better at Packers trivia than me. 
<laughs> that that is correct. So, Spencer, mm-hmm. December first, nineteen ninety one, the Green mm-hmm. Bay Packers played at the Atlanta Falcons. And mm-hmm. if you know your Packers history, this game is more memorable because this is the game that Ron Wolf went down before the game to scout Brett Favre on the field because he knew that he was never going to take a snap during the game. Mm-hmm. In the fourth quarter a future Packers player scored the game-winning touchdown for the Atlanta Falcons, who would later win Super Bowl Thirty-One with Green Bay. Who was that player? I mean, I don't think... I'm going to I'm gonna guess Andre Risen. That is correct. God, I'm oh, good. Yeah, because nice. he... he, he wow. Was like, I don't know much about him, but he was kind of a head case too, right? He bounced around in the league. I was If it wasn't him, I was going to guess Desmond Howard, but I don't know when he actually... That was my league, guess, but okay, cool. Wow, I'll I'll take that. That, that would have been it, those are the only two guesses I would have had. I was trying to figure out like how much I wanted, how much I wanted to give you, and how I wanted to frame <laughs> it. Like I could have said, "Oh, which which future wide receiver scored a touchdown at Super Bowl Thirty One? Like that would have been a slam dunk. When you said future Packer, that's the only guy I could think of who would have been on a different team because Antonio Freeman. I th- we drafted him. Robert yeah. Brooks, we drafted. Yeah. See, Robert Brooks, I, I could have potentially said it. But Andre, I knew he had played for other teams. So there you go. I'll take that. All right. So one and over the season. Done. Yeah. And you guys are, what were you, two and one? Yeah. We'll, go, one. With, two and one. we'll go with two and one. Quick Oop. stat correction, too, just from what I was saying. It was the largest movement total. Okay. So the Bears went from uh, basically three to one odds to 10 to one odds. Okay. And that was the largest differential for any team in the NFL after week one. Like cool. the odds makers watch the game and they're like, wow, what did we do? What in oh, the world? Yeah. <laughs> to like say they're not what making. What kind of idiot was betting on this yeah. team? <laughs> well, it's like the pack. Bill Huber uh, put a story out. He always looks at Vegas odds to the Packers chances to win the Super Bowl actually went down this week. I think that's more so just like the Niners look really good and the good teams look sure. pretty good. Other teams. Uh, yeah. But to win, it was either to win the North, no, or to make the play. It was to make the playoffs. They were plus one sixty-five. They're now even money. So that's a pretty good. That's a huge jump in, indicator right there. But moving on to the next game. Finally, we are playing the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta at noon on Fox. The announcers are Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma. The last time I checked, maybe that changed according to... I thought I thought I just saw something and it was somebody else that was on there. I thought I saw who was commentating and it was not Jonathan Vilma. Nothing is like more Fox noon game than Kenny Albert. I feel like back... In That's like, true. Back when like you can remember seeing the TV and it wasn't HD. Like I remember that dude's voice. So I'll be listening, like I said earlier to Wayne and uh, Larry instead. Uh, Vegas has the Packers on the road as one and a half point favorites, which was a little surprising. The over under is uh, 40 and a half, which was a little surprising too. And it was 43 last week against the bears. The Falcons are one and oh, after beating the Panthers, uh, they played at home last week too. They won 10 to 24, um, a lot of guys this preseason are saying that the Falcons are like a sneaky dark horse team, but I guess you could say that for just about any team going into the season on offense. Desmond Ritter is their quarterback. He was 15 for 18 last week. One touchdown, no picks, kind of a game manager, but John Robinson looked pretty good. He only had 10 carries, but averaged 5.6 yards. 
Tyler Algier, the rookie running back, well, I guess second year running back, I was going to say the rookie running back last year, but everyone knows what that means. I'm just going to keep talking, but now I'll get back to what I was talking about. He had 15 carries for 75 yards. They still have Kyle Pitts, the tight end, and Drake London, who was really good last year. I keep waiting for Kyle Pitts to be a thing. I feel like in fantasy football and shit, every year it's like, oh my God, Kyle Pitts, this is going to be the year, and it's never really happened. Their defense, I mean, it's so early in the season. It's an uncommon opponent. Jesse Bates was their leading tackler. They still have Grady Jarrett. We'll see. Their coach doesn't have much of a chin. I think he has like a mustache now. But uh, the Falcons, I don't I think this is, we talked about it in the preview episode too, but it, it's a pretty easy schedule. We don't know what the Falcons are, but I, I do like how we're leveling up our opponent this week to someone who probably isn't great, but probably kind of close to where the Packers are right now with a team. Billy, what are your thoughts going into this game? I think I said to the Bears game that their offensive weapons kind of intrigue me. I am far less intrigued by the Falcons' offensive weapons. Oh, wow. Drake London. That- Desmond like Ritter completed three passes to a wide receivers on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's he, not good. He completed pass to himself. Oh so wow! The old three times of as Brett many Favre. completions to a wide receiver himself. So, it, I think the running backs. I mean, that's who we got to stop. Elgier and John Robinson, both of them had pretty strong games. If the run defense can play as well did, yes, uh, on Sunday. I have no doubts that we're going to down their running game and their pieces on the outside. Like you said, Kyle Pitts, you keep for him to take that step and become that, that stud that everybody thought he would be when he was in the top 10 and we just haven't seen it. So I would take Luke Musgrave over Kyle Pitts right now in actual football. I, I will say that right now. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but sorry. Uh, sorry for, yeah. Ooh. Was that a pun? maybe <laughs> um so i think i think in general not a very impressive group but bajan robinson and that offensive line i mean this is this is an offense that moves to the ground so a really good test for that front seven um <clears throat> again not an impressive start for quarterbacks getting these two back to back so we'll see what the secondary has down yep. the line but i think the front seven these two games i mean just trying to contain Justin Fields. That's a chore in itself. I mean, the Bears have a decent running game. Their offensive line is trash. But you look at the Falcons. That's a stable of running backs that they've got on their roster, too. And that offensive line, I think that was like one of the best offensive lines last year as far as run blocking goes. So it'll be really interesting to see how well we can do against that. Again, not their, their passing game. Yeah, probably not super great. I actually watched the Carolina-Atlanta game, and I mean, yeah, they – they won handedly, but Carolina is so absolutely incompetent at anything <laughs> moving the ball. It was like the most frustrating thing as someone who, who it was like, what the fuck is happening? So it, it, yeah, I mean, yes, they won, but I, I don't want to give them too much credit for the way that school box score looks coming out of that game. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that, like you said, Todd, that is going to be the test of the run game, especially a fast track to, is it Mercedes Benz? Yeah. Mercedes Benz yep. stadium, yep. arena, whatever fast track, decent offensive line, some good running backs. It's a good, I'm glad we can break down the test where it's like, okay, now we need to stop the run this week with not a mobile quarterback, but with an actual 
running game right. and then i don't know who we play the week after but i'm glad we can break it down that way um starting things off for score predictions like i said i just god i don't know it it feel everything was so good last week it, yeah you know and too I, many things too many things and again like the bears because i saw part of the uh the uh, JTO Sullivan breakdown too, where that offense has no idea what the hell they're doing. And maybe this, I like that we're flying high, but maybe it wouldn't be the worst if we come back down to earth in an unexpected way. I have us losing 21 to 24. I don't know. It's just, I feel maybe we'll have all our rookie mistakes this game when there was seemingly none last week. So I don't know. Uh, I know we were on the road last week, but we've been in Chicago so many times. Maybe traveling to Atlanta will be tough for Matt LaFleur. You know, he did used to – he was the quarterback coach. Yeah, he was the quarterback coach back when Matt Ryan was the uh, MVP. So, I don't know that's the score I have. Billy, what do you have? I'm kind of going back and forth on this one. And I, I'm with you. I think the – I think we might be flying a little too high, you know, game for Jordan Love, you know, pretty emotional to, to, you know, turn the page on a new era, get a big win against a division rival on the road. And Atlanta, I think, is a sneaky, tough place to play because of the dome. And, you know, it's still a relatively new building, so they're they're going to pack it. And um, Desmond Ritter, is that a pun? for being a game manager, he's undefeated at home That's as right. a starter in the NFL and in college. He has not lost a home oh. start yeah. as quarterback. He's 27 and 0, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's I forgot I saw that stat today too. That's pretty unbelievable. Wasn't that Which Trevor Trevor Lawrence going into yeah, his first game with the Jags was something like that too. He'd never lost in high school. On top of it, yeah. so. But Desmond Ritter's numbers, I mean, impressive completion percentage, his yardage isn't going to blow you away. His efficiency isn't going to blow you away. But, you know, like you said, uh, Andrew, with how impressive that running game was, um, that's going to be tough to stop. So this is a long-winded answer, but I'm going to say that the Falcons pull it out on a last-second field goal, 20-17. to 17. Okay. Todd? Okay. I believe in this front seven. I think they don't get it going on the ground. I think they're going to have some success on the ground, but we put a couple points up on the board, maybe force them to start throwing the ball recipe for success. I think, uh, I think it's looking like 21, 13 Packers. God, we have some low scores. I'm, I'm more aligned with, with Todd here actually than both of these, but also I'm Homer. Um, I I'm going to go 16 to 21 first, pull it out. I think we kind of stop them from, from getting too close to the end zone there. Some field mm-hmm. goals, less points that way. Less points that way. You get it. See, mm-hmm. the goal is to stop the red zone scoring. <laughs> I think nobody really believes that this offense is putting up 30 points a game. I think that's our definitely offense? clear. Our powers our in our offense. defense and moving the ball and, and, and taking time off the clock. And, and that's the more we do that, the better we're going to be. It's uh, I hate to work off of something good that Andrew said, but something that came up this week too was the clock management at the end of the first half. You know, so many people in the first series this year too we burn a timeout bad clock management at the end of the first half doesn't seem like Aaron Rodgers was as much of of the culprit for that as it seems like Matt LaFleur does want to slow down the game and get as 
few possessions as possible for the uh, for the other team, the the opponent, as they say. Uh, bold predictions again, something bold, something that you know would be you know unexpected to have happen. Last week with Lucas Van Ness and Carl Brooks getting their first sacks in their first games, I'm going to pick Colby Wooden, who had a solid game as well, to get his first career sack against the Atlanta Falcons. I think that they're probably not going to throw the ball very often. I would I would throw a sack, bold prediction out there, but instead I'm going to say, since I believe in this front seven, I'm going to go five tackles for loss. Ooh. Is that significant enough? Is that bold enough? Five tackles for loss? Sure. I mean, it's... I can up the ante. Ooh. Six. Okay. Woo-hoo! Wow. That's one more than we, the previous that's number. One more. We had seven against the Bears for reference. Ten okay. tackles for loss. You heard it here. <laughs> We've got it. Okay. Well, I guess we'll have to see what happens, and then we can we can go from there next week. Billy? Um. So... I think the, the the Panthers, and again, this is just strictly based off the box score because I don't care enough about the NFL to watch a team as closely as I do the Packers. But the Panthers as a team for over 150 yards against the Falcons. I'm going to say just off the cuff, we have a better offensive line than the Panthers. Therefore, we're in a rush for over 200 yards as a team. Ooh, okay. Good. I like I that. Like Andrew, like that. Andrew, what do you have? Please enlighten uh, us. I have so last just last week the Falcons rushed for 126 yards through the running backs. I say mm-hmm. we're gonna keep that uh, under a total of 75. Okay, holding holding Atlanta under 75 rushing yards from their running backs exclusively. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, that is definitely bold enough. I think. Uh, yeah, that is bold. I think all our predictions are fairly accurate. So we'll see. Um, Excited for another game. Excited for the first noon kickoff in the Jordan Love era. Um, so the, excited for reviews. If you want to leave a review, leave a review on the internet, on the fucking mm. iTunes, on Don't Spotify. We won't get it. Don't fax it. You can email us on PMP Podcast or DM us on Twitter. Uh, what is it? PMP Pod. X. Are we still on X? Or? Uh, I, I mean, I keep saying Twitter. I don't, who cares? You know X, what sucks? Twitter. I actually try to search for things like on Twitter and I type in like whatever it is X and like a fucking bullshit version of it shows up <laughs> oh. and it's like half nonsensical and I'm like okay so it's actually still twitter.com it's like what am I even searching for so, I, anyway. I I thought you were gonna hit us with you went no. to a dirty site no I mean that's what I, I mean that's what I'm saying when I type it in you know but it's like not what I'm trying to do <laughs> anyways uh if you leave a review or even if you just want a koozie email us uh Tweet us, fucking DM us, whatever. We'll send you a free koozie. But shit, well, I think this is officially the longest podcast we've ever had, of course, when we have four total people on here. So I don't have anything else. Do you guys have anything else? Fuck the Bears. Well, we're still suck. We're on to Atlanta. But, uh, All right, fuck Atlanta. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Go Paco. Go Paco. See you well, next week. With that, Eric Huskinen, please. Don't sue us. Anywhere I quit my job. Yeah, cause it just won't pay. I worked all year. I worked all month. Then they took my money away. Yeah, now I don't care. Cause they ain't working like me down here. 
Yeah, Andrew, if you anytime you touch your mic, you, we can hear the cord rustling. Oh, good thing and, we stopped because I froze. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't plan ahead, right? And I have this <laughs> what stand. So I was trying to put it in the stand, but the stand <laughs> is my hand. So I've been like trying to hold it up, you know, reasonably. So next time, because uh-huh. I thought my mic would work in here, right? So yep. next time. I'll have it set up so I don't have to like fucking be like a dork here. <laughs> okay, okay. But you know. Excellent. You got it. Okay, cool. I'll come prepared. I okay. Well <laughs> now now that's all I'm hearing. You you literally have to mute yourself. I'll stop moving. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll stop moving. It won't move. Okay. Alright. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 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 Hero.co